You are now watching Believe. Do you believe? All right. Welcome to the first episode of Screaming from the Sidelines, the podcast where we talk a whole lot of basketball, betting, and all the bad behaviors you display as a sports fan while pouring out your heart and soul into your teams. I am your host, Greg Silver. You can find me on Twitter at Greg O Silver. That's G R E G O H S I L V E R. And I truly cannot express how grateful, excited, and jubilant I feel to be starting this journey here on Believe, the number one content network for professionals. We're going to cover the most enticing bets around the NBA, WNBA, and even some NCAA, particularly around the month of March. And right now, we are in the thick of the WNBA playoffs. The semifinals kicked off this past weekend with two road upsets. But before we dive headfirst into all of that, I want to take a moment to explain why we're even doing this. So, Screaming from the Sidelines is a show that will discuss various bets around the game of basketball, but I want to be very clear that you don't have to be a sports better in order to enjoy this space. Above all, this is a basketball show for passionate fans like you and me, and the reason we ultimately settled on this title is that, let's face it, some of us spend a little too much time, energy, and attention on our beloved sports teams, so whether that's a sold-out Game 7 of the NBA Finals or your child's first City League basketball game, for some of us, screaming from the sidelines is simply a part of who we are. And I got this little prop today just as a reminder of uh, what we all need. Or maybe we don't need it. Maybe our voice just carries it loud enough for who we are. But now we live in a world where sports betting is all around us, and if that's something that you choose to do. This show will provide a lot of enticing bets, trends, statistics, and insights to hopefully help you earn some extra cash. But the bottom line is, if you care enough to scream from afar, then it's worth a discussion here to us. So, like we said, the WNBA playoffs just kicked off uh, Sunday this last weekend. We had the Las Vegas Aces versus the Seattle Storm. Seattle stole game one in Las Vegas by a score of 76 to 73. Jewel Lloyd continued her playoff hot streak, led all scorers with 26 points, uh, including 10 of the team's final 16. She was Mrs. Fourth Quarter with the big old crown on her head. Brianna Stewart, of course, to nobody's surprise, had a nice game, adding 24 points of her own, along with six rebounds and three blocks. Let's talk about Tina Charles. She had a double-double, which included 18 rebounds. And, I mean, who else but Sue Bird dished it out all afternoon to get a team-high 12 assists. So, we're going to talk a lot about the Storm and where they're at presently. But I want to share this really interesting quote from head coach Noel Quinn right before the playoffs where she said, We're shooting the ball amazing right now. The ball is moving and not sticking. Our players are comfortable in their roles and knowing where they can pick and choose their spots. Being comfortable with one another matters. And when you have arguably an MVP candidate with Brianna Stewart, or arguably the MVP herself, rather, she is 
pretty consensus across the league that she's a candidate. Her, Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum. Uh, yeah, they're comfortable with one another. And you got the leadership of Sue Bird in her last ride final postseason. She has been spectacular and poised as expected. But the playoff momentum is real. The Storm are now the only undefeated team left in this postseason. Another statistic I found interesting that I thought was worth sharing is that they have the best free throw percentage this season of all teams. And free throws, obviously, very key when it comes down to it in games. I find that that is an especially important statistic when you're going to talk college basketball and those single elimination games, especially where finding reliable free throw shooters up in the high 80s or even low 90s percent wise, uh, much less common than you would on a professional level. But the Storm have had the best percentage, and the bottom line is they are the type of team that really forces you to beat them. Uh, so much star power in this series, seven former number one overall picks. And in the regular season, the Aces won three of those four meetings between the two teams. They averaged just over 90 points per game. They shot better field goal percentage. They had more rebounds. The only area that the Storm outdid them was from beyond the arc. And I want to talk about the Aces because they did earn the top seed. Becky Hammond just won Coach of the Year. Uh, as strange as this sounds, I wasn't really fully sold on this group until late in the season, but here's why I do like them. They have an identity, right? They have offense, speed, aggressiveness, and you can kind of expect that from them every night. And they do take the defensive end seriously as well. Uh, really interesting. I was looking at the defensive ratings across the league, and right before the playoffs, pretty much in exact order from 1 to 12, it also lined up with how the seeding was and team's record. So the Aces were at the top. I think there were a couple ties in there, so maybe the Sun and the Sky were tied in their defensive rating, but pretty much across from 1 to 8 and then 9 through 12, the defensive rating corresponded with the number of games you won and the seed you earned. So Becky Hammond has a nice little quote that I would like to share, which uh, you know, maybe modified from somewhere else, but she says, don't bring a spoon to a knife fight. The Aces, like I said, aggressive. I also believe that they're the most potent team in the league. They have four different players who can just put up 20 points on any given night. Chelsea Gray, Jackie Young, and of course the two MVP candidates, Kelsey Plum and Asia Wilson. By the way, a side note on those two, Asia Wilson and Kelsey Plum they are the first pair of teammates in WNBA history to each score 700 points in a regular season. So just want to make sure that I'm giving them both the respect they deserve on this show today. Uh, another thing about the Aces is that they concede the second uh, fewest second chance points in the league. So they're forcing you to earn your offense and make the most of your possessions. If you're Seattle... Well, you did just that, Jewel Lloyd being a big part of that. Of course, wins against both of these teams don't come easily. Fourth quarter was a total fight, back and forth, exchanging of punches. And let look, let's be honest, in game one, the Aces were outscored by 11 in that first quarter, and then they either came out on top or even in quarters number two through four. So, bad start, 
kind of bit them in the bottom, and then they were able to get it together and have for a really enticing finish where it could have gone either way. Kelsey Plum, she did finish with 20 points, but missed the potential tying shot in the final seconds, and she only shot 8 for 23, and then Asia Wilson did not have her sharpest performance on the offensive side either, finished with 8 points on 3 of 10 shooting. Final note there is that there were 11 turnovers there by the Aces to Seattle's just 7. So what does this mean for Game 2, which is happening on Wednesday? Well, right now, the line is Las Vegas minus 6. And I absolutely love the Aces to cover that. Now, why, do you ask? Because, well, Seattle more than held their own in Game 1, and they put the Aces away when it mattered most. And they also have maybe the best player in the entire league. Well, those are all fair points, of course, but the Aces already surrendered home court, and they're not about to give away both games before heading up to Seattle. I don't think they're going to play with their food, so to speak. I think that Seattle's obviously going to put up a great contest, but it is strictly business, and usually in these situations, the side that has a little bit more urgency is the one that's going to show up. The stars on Las Vegas can play better. I believe they will. Becky Hammond is the coach of the year for a reason, and good coaches problem solve. I do love Noel Quinn, by the way. I don't want to just dismiss that, but Becky Hammond, this is her time to shine, and as the top seed in her first year as the coach of the Aces, I think she absolutely will do that. I'm predicting a big game from Kelsey Plum. I think she can play even better than she did in Game 1, and an even bigger game from the potential MVP herself, Asia Wilson. Like I said, don't play with your food. Aces win and cover the six points. Let's move over to the other series because this one is just as intriguing as the other side of the bracket. The Chicago Sky defending champions taking on the Connecticut Sun. So in the regular season, Chicago won all four games. They won that series 4 nothing. Three of those games were within four points. I believe the other one was an eight-point margin. So Connecticut was able to hang in there, but were never able to come out on top. What's interesting and what shocked me, as much as I have respect for the Connecticut Sun, is that they reversed the narrative there in Game 1 this past weekend. So they went into the fourth quarter with an eight-point lead. They were playing their game. Alyssa Thomas came out on fire, set the tone, had a play where she ripped the ball away from the sky and got another layup. She was doing her thing early. Uh, but the sky closed in that lead quickly to start that fourth quarter. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there watching the screen thinking, hey, we've seen this movie before. We saw it four times this season. I think the sky are going to do what they do. They're protecting home floor. They've won the championship last year. They know what it takes. And the sun are going to come out on the other side with a real missed opportunity. And that's what it looked like for most of the fourth quarter and to the Suns credit they hung in there pulled out the win 68 to 63 got it done on the road and I gotta say this about the Sun I just love them for being so gritty they stick to what they know best which is just rebounding uh, disruptive defense attacking the paint and they led the league in shots attempted inside the restricted area this year. So what they're not doing is settling 
for poor possessions on the offensive end. They know the type of shots they need to get up. They know how to move the ball. And Kurt Miller deserves a ton of credit. I know that Becky Hammond won Coach of the Year and James Wade of Chicago Sky won WNBA Executive of the Year. Kurt Miller deserves a lot of credit as the head coach of this Sun team. Has a really solid pulse on this group. And I just like how real he keeps it with them. In Game 3 against Dallas, he's all wired. And they cut to him and he's like, you can't win playoff games if you don't make open shots. You got to make your open shots. And I know there's a lot in those sound segments that they have to cut out for the purposes of the broadcast, but he's not afraid to get a little bit excited either. I think the energy that he gives off is the type of urgency that a team like Connecticut needs, a team that's been consistently good but hasn't been able to get over the hump. Chicago was the team that knocked them out last year after the Sun went in as a higher seed and now this is their chance to go get some revenge. They started that process on Sunday, getting that game one victory, but they're going to have a lot more to do. Now, talking about the series as a whole and just taking a step back from just game one. Originally, when the playoffs were set, I had the Connecticut Sun going to the finals in my bracket to play Las Vegas. Um, before the series started, after round one, I was a little bit more concerned about the matchup. Uh, as illustrated by the regular season, Chicago knows how to close games. And as good as the Sun have been over the past few years, they have had a lot of trouble putting teams away when it comes to the playoffs. So I thought to myself that the Sun might be a great pick to cover some spreads, but maybe a harder sell if you're going to go with the money line and just win a bunch of games outright. Game one now, it happened. It has me turning my head just a little bit. I think that they're going to have to keep that same energy at least two more times if they want to get to the finals. Might take it four more times in a winner-take-all game that goes back to Chicago if this ends up going the distance in a game five. And, you know, I'm thinking about it, and I have to go back to why I thought this matchup maybe favored Chicago in the end. And so one of those reasons is that they do a lot of the same things well as the Sun. They have an identity of uh, aggressiveness, rebounding. Candace Parker is a big part of that, of course. And, uh, you know, getting shots inside. I believe they had the highest shooting percentage inside the paint this year. So, like the Sun, the Sky are not settling for bad shots. They're making sure to get it inside. And when they do, they cash in on those opportunities. We mentioned the veteran experience of somebody like Candace Parker, but another reason they move the ball so well is because of Courtney Vandersloot. So the two veterans who have won the championship now, they know what it takes, and only one player on the Sun, Dewana Bonner, has won a championship before. So she's the only one in this rotation who's getting minutes who has been able to hoist a trophy when she was with Phoenix. And so she's the one that needs to go and set the tone like she did this last weekend, like she did in Game 3 against Dallas. I would say that it is very clear who their leader is out on the floor right now for Connecticut, 
But I don't want to disrespect Alyssa Thomas because she also came to play and was a big part of setting that tone in Chicago for game one. Dewana Bonner has been nothing short of fantastic. I think she has no fear. And it was funny, in the third quarter of game one, uh, she got called for a technical foul for arguing a couple of calls back-to-back, disagreeing with the referees, got hit with the technical foul. Chicago makes the free throw to go up four. Next thing you know, it's a 10-0 run for Connecticut. They're up six. It was almost like that Draymond Green-like energy of responding to a technical with just more fire. In this case, it went in favor of Connecticut, and that's when they built that big lead that they had leading into the fourth quarter. They were able to just hang in there enough to get that five-point victory. By the way, Dewana Bonner is the one that put them away with a breakaway layup in the closing seconds. So we talked a bunch about game one. We talked about the regular season, but now we got to look ahead. Game two, also on Wednesday. Right now the line is Chicago minus five. I know I raved about the Aces and how I think they'll respond. I am even more confident in Chicago. The phrase championship DNA tends to get used a lot, but there is some real, important, tangible truth to that. Teams that know what it takes to get over the hump, hoist a trophy, fight through adversity, and just understand that level of grit and effort required, and then you get to the top of the mountain, you do it, it gives you a new level of confidence, and all of a sudden, you are so much more well-equipped to take care of your business when it counts. Let's go over some examples of that in sports as a whole. Well, look at the 2022 Golden State Warriors this last year. This was probably the worst of their four championship teams. You had your three stars a little bit older. Uh, You had a lot of young players in there. You didn't have Kevin Durant anymore. Andrew Wiggins stepped up big, of course. But on paper, this is not a team that was predicted to just run away with it in the playoffs, they were down two to one in the NBA Finals against Boston, who was young, hungry, physical, defense oriented, and they found ways to just problem solve, win three in a row. They hoisted that trophy in Boston in the end. Let's also look at the 2018 19 New England Patriots, who beat the Rams 13 to three in that very ugly Super Bowl. Well, Tom Brady was clearly playing like he was a little bit older back then. It wasn't the same version of the Patriots that everybody had been accustomed to seeing for years and years and years. Uh, This one was different. And yes, their defense has always been solid. Bill Belichick is a defensive coach when it comes down to it in the end. But they just found ways to gut it out. They had to go beat Kansas City on the road in overtime. Little help from the coin toss there. But beating Patrick Mahomes in that first year when he won MVP No easy task whatsoever. Then they found a way to slow down one of the most powerful offenses in the Los Angeles Rams, which got to the Super Bowl, held them to just three points, and they were able to hoist that trophy just putting 13 up on the board. That was a different kind of victory for them, and that was a good example of championship DNA. Uh, Here's another one, and maybe this isn't as good of an example because they ultimately flamed out. But this last year, in the most recent playoffs, the Milwaukee Bucks 
they lost their second best player, Chris Middleton, and then proceeded to just play better for a stretch of games. They took care of their business against the Chicago Bulls. And yes, they ultimately did fall to the Boston Celtics, but they had them on the ropes down 3-2. And you saw Drew Holiday and Giannis making championship-type winning plays to get them that lead. So I could talk about previous examples of championship DNA and going off on these hypothetical tangents, but let's bring it back and look at Chicago themselves and how they responded to losing game one in the previous round on their home floor against the New York Liberty. So game two, they come back and they win by a WNBA postseason record 38 points. That one was never even close. Game three, they had a lead. And then when things got a little bit too tight there in that fourth quarter, the Liberty started gaining momentum, making this run. Well, they put them away with a 16-0 run on the road. Uh, I just feel like they're so well-equipped. They have everything you want in a leader on and off the floor, if we're talking about Candace Parker. By the way, her stat line in game one, 19 points, 18 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals, 6 blocks, and lost. That is crazy. I think that the others around her understand a little bit too well that they need to step it up after that one. But more importantly, to not panic. You've been through this before. You lost the first game in that last series. You surrendered home court and had to go win a winner-take-all game on the road because of the weird new format with this best of three. So game one is a nice illustration of how I think this whole series is going to go. Two teams who want it badly, exchanging punches back and forth. And in the end, I think it's going to go to the team that displays that tiny extra grit. Is it going to be the championship experience of Chicago that's able to, you know, get them to problem solve in the right way, get the sun out of sorts, maybe take away a couple of their best options? Or do the Connecticut Sun have a real established identity where they can do a lot of the same things as Chicago, but just better offensive rebounds, getting in the paint, disrupting you on defense, forcing someone like Courtney Vandersloot to be a little bit more uncomfortable over the course of a series. We've seen this happen with veterans before, and it's not unheard of right now. It is the champs turn to put pressure on Connecticut and not drop both games at home. And I can't say how I think this series is going to go. That is a future episodes dilemma. Uh, I do think Chicago will have an easy time covering the spread and evening game one. And yes, I stand by my earlier statement about the Sun being a great pick to cover spreads, but I just didn't see them stealing game one like that. And I think it's Chicago's turn to just give it right back to them on Wednesday. So that is pretty much summing up what we have with our two series right now. You got the Aces and the Storm on one side and then the Sky and the Sun on the other. To do a quick recap, I do think both home teams respond big and cover their spreads. They not only even up the series at 1-1, they will cover their spreads. Right now it is Las Vegas minus 6, Chicago minus 5. I also think a lot of players in particular could be in for a big game on Wednesday. And I'm especially looking at the guards. If we're going to talk Las Vegas Aces, that's got to be Kelsey Plum. Yes, she had 20 points, but 
I think that shooting behind the arc is going to be better than 20%, and she will score with a little bit more efficiency. Uh, for the sky, I'm really looking at Courtney Vandersloot. I'm not looking so much at her scoring as just her all-around uh, floor leadership and dishing out the ball. I think she's going to have a good number of assists, and I do see her being someone that controls the pace of the game a little bit more. So those are two players I really like to look at in particular. You know what you're going to get from somebody like Brianna Stewart. I think Asia Wilson bouncing back in Game 2 is not a bold take whatsoever. Those are the kind of things you can expect from an MVP-like player. Games on Wednesday. Game 2. So much ahead. And, I mean, look, we made it. This is amazing. I'm so enthusiastic about everything that's to come. And if you made it to the end of this inaugural episode, thank you so, so much for your early support. Uh, just a reminder that you can find me on Twitter at Greg O Silver, G-R-E-G-O-H-S-I-L-V-E-R. Is my middle name O? I don't know. Give me a follow and you can find out. Uh, you can always let me know of any bets, games, or storylines that interest you in particular. Because remember that this is your show just as much as it is ours here at Believe. So we are all one big community of passionate fans. And before I sign off, I just want to get this out one more time because uh, I hope that we can all be screaming from the sidelines together for a very long time. Go get yourself a megaphone. Uh, well, actually on second thought, maybe don't do that. I'll be back next week with more content, but in the meantime, go watch some hoops and cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.